and welcome to episode number 70 of the Curveball Podcast. Michaela here and John Barrera. And John, go ahead and introduce our awesome official guest today. Absolutely. Um, you know, I did some research on Toby. I uh, wasn't stalking you, Toby, like y'all were claiming <laughs> me of. Um, it very impressive. I did not know you were in the military. Um, the, the way you graduated from Shriner University and then immediately jumped back in and the age that you graduated is inspiring to not only me, but all, all of your followers in the community curvo. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Toby Appleton. Ah, the official. Won. Yeah. All right, Toby. So uh, you've had a long, great career. You've done some great things in your career. Uh, That's how, debatable. How did it all start? <laughs> well, I, I grew up in Texas, grew up in North Texas, uh, graduated Granbury High School, um, lived on the Brazos River and Lake Granbury pretty much my whole life. Um, joined the Army right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1992, uh, set off to change the world full of uh, piss and vinegar and, and ready, <laughs> ready to rock. Uh, ended up doing that for 21 years. Uh, so you were in the Army for 21 years. 21 years. Retired in 2013. Well, thank you for your service. Yes. Thank you. Um, and actually, the way we found Kerrville is uh, I was a recruiter here in the early 2000s. Um, so where, where the new recruiting state, I say new, the recruiting station is over by Soaring Dragon mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I was actually part responsible for having that building built. We were wow. we were in awesome. Live Oak Plaza, which is right next to the football stadium across the mm-hmm. street from Tractor Supply, all that. Okay. Um, and had a new building built so we all branches could be in the same building. And, and that's kind of – that shopping center is kind of hard to find. Uh, that's up there across from Tractor Supply and all that. The, the other one where Soaring Dragon is and everything and yeah, all the and, recruiting stations, I mean, that's very visible. Yes. And nothing bad about the building. It just wasn't conducive to having all four services together. Um, yeah. You know, the Air Force was somewhere else. The Navy and the Army sat side by side. But Air Force came out of San Antonio. The Marines had an office somewhere else. So that in the perfect world, you have all four there together so that um, they're easy to find. You when know? you became a recruiter in Kerrville, was it your choice to come to Kerrville and recruit? Or was it nope. something that they, I n- they I'd never like heard of put Kerrville. you here? I had never heard of Kerrville until I was assigned here. So I was assigned to San Antonio Recruiting Battalion, uh, and then they placed me in Kerrville. And to tell you how uh, unaware I was of Kerrville, I was looking on the map at Beeville, which is over by the coast. Oh, you were uh, like, oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, when I got here, I was like, ooh, this is a little different than what I was researching. Uh, but we fell in love with it. And I actually blame Mark Zuckerberg a little bit. <laughs> and, okay. And there's, there's a story behind this. So when, when we got here, all my other assignments um, from 92 until then We'd send Christmas cards or whatever, but we would lose touch with with friends eventually. Uh, and usually you're somewhere three to five years and you move somewhere else. Um, got to Kerrville and that's when Facebook was kicking off. Believe it or not, Facebook is, is what kept us in touch with um, a lot of great family friends still to this day. So when we were retiring out in California, um, my wife and I talked about it and Kerrville kept rising up to the top of the, the list and... That's why we're back. So I thank Mark Zuckerberg for that one. Thank you, Mark. Right. Shout out to Mark. Yeah, you hear that, Mark? Yeah. Hey, Finally, make sure this post has some good reach, Mark. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Appreciate uh, that. Before we Go jump, we just in, gave me a shout out. Sorry. Yeah, Go ahead, John. No, I'm I'm jumping the gun over here. Um, I wanted to say 
you were surgical technologist for 10 years. Yep. That that's important. And then you were uh you led the trauma team at Trip Army Medical Center in Hawaii. Tripler, yep. Tripler. Well, not the trauma so trauma team is kind of a weird play on words. Um I was head of ortho, neuro and the heart team uh and then ran central material services, which is where everybody gets their instruments sterilized throughout the hospital. So you have the huge autoclaves and uh, all the instrument sets. And then from there, I got pulled into recruiting. I didn't know that until this morning. Honestly. That is wild. Isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know that either. I actually, one of the coolest jobs I've had was I, I moonlighted um, for the Red Cross in a harvest team. And what they would do is fly us to the different islands when, when someone would pass away. But if they were an organ donor, um, I was responsible for going and getting long bones from the body. So they would fly us to Maui, for example, and walk into the hospital, take humerus, femurs, tibias, fibias, and um, immediately after, and, yeah, wow, and we that's what and we'd replace them with these PVC looking things. That it's kind of neat, but that's crazy. It yeah, was a cool it job. Is. Yeah, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. A certain kind of mindset. It was it was pretty neat. Yeah. I, that's, that's awesome. That's wild. And, and you never know. I mean, Toby's the, the marketing director at Shriner University, right? Marketing and communications, yeah. Yeah, marketing and communications director. You, you never know that he, he might, you know, 15, 20 years ago was doing something completely different, <laughs> you know, for the U.S. Army in Hawaii, you know, of all places. So uh, life life has brought you around the world, hasn't it, Toby? It, it's It's been a wild ride up to this point. There's yeah. No telling where it's going to go from here. What do you think about somebody who – the old school mentality, like, this is what I'm going to go to college for. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. What do you say to those people who say, it's either this or nothing? So there are a few careers that that is still applicable. Yeah. Um, you know, those that want to be doctors, nurses, accountants, whatever. Um, what I've found out, the, the degree you get, and I do think degrees are important, but the degree that you get opens the door to allow you to sit at the table. Once you're at the table, you sell yourself for the position that you're going for. Mm. Um, my degree's in, in computer science, and I'm a marketing director. You know what I mean? But if I would not have had that piece of paper, I would have never got a seat at the table to even explain why I would be good at that position. Wow. Um, so I, I do believe that there are some that you strive for a specific goal, um, and others that you, you're probably going to have five, six, seven careers throughout your life. The days of being a widget maker for your entire life, or I think those are over. I think now it's, we have, we have students right now, even at Shriner that are preparing for a career in something that hasn't even been developed yet. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, that, I think everybody's road is kind of windy and twisty. Mine's just a caliche road. So your your road you were in the army for twenty one years, uh -huh. and then you, uh, why, why did I mean you were had a twenty one year career in the army? Why did did you retire from the army, or I why did. why did you why did you retire from the army? Uh, I I was old and tired and 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 ready to settle down. So uh, those, those young bucks were outrunning me, so it was time to <laughs> time to give it up. So, so did you know what you're going to do after you left the army or, or how did all that? Because I planned on drinking beer and watching prices right every yeah. day, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But so my, I mean, my hey. daughter, my daughter was getting out of the army the same time I was retiring. All right, yeah, that was. Um, that's where you were leading to, right? <laughs> um, so she was pregnant with with my second grandbaby and decided that the army was not conducive to her raising two kids and mm. wanted to get out. And I blessed off on that. But she called to get my blessing, and I said, absolutely, but you have to use your education benefits and go back to school. And there was a pause on the phone. I remember it like it was yesterday, like forever pause. And she said, Dad, you're doing pretty good, and you never finished school. Mm. And there was another long pause on the phone. I said, touche, young lady, touche. So uh, I enrolled at Shriner that fall. Um, That would have been That would have been fall of 2014, and – graduated in 2018 uh then we got wow. into a, a gpa um, war or ba- battle or a, a, a competition yeah. friendly competition uh she graduated with a, a 3.8 as a single parent of two kids uh, awesome. from utep and i graduated with a 4.0 valedictorian yes so, wow yes that is incredible you put I, your I money where beer. your mouth was you you know you said she asked me, she called me out, and now I'm now I'm gonna do it. Now I'm gonna show her. And not only did you graduate, you graduated with a four valedictorian at Shriner University and had a job right when you walked across the stage. How did how did that go? It was it wasn't right when I walked across the stage. I really? mean there were there were and and some of this I, I kinda wanna talk about later. Um but I, I had to put in the work for it. I had to put in the the proof in the pudding mm. type thing. There were a lot of people that were applied for that job that had the pedigrees and had the education and had the experience. Um, a lot, some, a lot more than me. Um, but that was the time it was, I had to prove myself and I got to sell myself and, and that's what ultimately got me the job. Um, a lot of it plays into, uh, uh, insecurities growing up, you know, always feeling, um, uh, insecure with, you know, are they going to figure me out? I'm not, I'm not even supposed to be here. Uh, am I not good enough? And you know, that kind of thing. Imposter syndrome. A, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you sprinkle on a, a little bit of OCD on top of that. Um, you know, some people say that perfectionism is a, is a bad trait to have. I personally think it's great because I've harnessed it. Um, that insecurity makes me work harder than you. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, the OCD piece, the perfectionist part of it make, makes, I, I said in my valedictorian speech, always associate excellence with your name. Does that mean that you're never going to fail? No. Mm. But when you get back up, you fix that problem and, and make it better than it was before you failed. Um, I'm the, the biggest critic of myself. Um, I overanalyze everything. So, you know, it's probably taking years off of my life, but it's, it's enabled me to be uh, who I am and what I am. And um, yeah, it's developed as part of my character. You know, a lot of people, I I share a lot of those things that that you're talking about. And, and a lot of people turn it in and including myself, I've turned it into a negative in the past. You know, it's, it's eating my lunch, Mm. you know, and I'll admit, and, when I was younger, Michaela, same thing. Um, you know, I was. It, it's forced me off uh, sports teams because I didn't think I fit in, or, or, you know, it's driven me to feel like I was the loner or didn't have friends in in my younger age. Mm. 
and it was all self-inflicted. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I learned how to harness it to make it a positive trait and not so much a negative one. There, there's still some negative to it. You know what I mean? But that's a little behind the curtain of Toby. It's hard to face your insecurities and, and push against them. How did you use that to, to your benefit? It, it forced me to outwork everybody around me. Mm. to to have the late nights to like i said overanalyze everything um to look at every different option that could come out of this action um both you know from a business standpoint that's a great trait to have yeah uh from a personal standpoint it can Not be so much. it can be paralyzing <laughs> so i had to find that fine line you know what what were the the positives out of it that i could use and harness and put in my toolbox and, and use to my benefit and what, what are the negatives that I needed to work out of that to get, to get out of the toolbox. Now you've also had, you know, you, you've been able to find that personal balance too. Uh, you are a huge NASCAR fan. Huge. And if you've ever been to Tony's uh, saloon or Toby, uh, did I just call you Tony? You just called me Tony. I know this Kayla. guy for so long. <laughs> Podcast 101 right there. Hey, we're not going to edit this either. We're going <laughs> to we've known each other a long time too <laughs> I, oh, I don't even, if you've ever been to toby it was this just if you ever been to toby's uh saloon it's like a nascar mecca it is yeah. there is all kind i mean so much memorabilia and everything i mean it is it is amazing over there and you've had some good uh nascar memories uh throughout the years as well so he is an extremely hard worker but you play hard too right toby hey. i mean you've done some he's saying the national anthem what what race was that that you sung the national not, anthem? Not at? for a race. Uh, sang national anthem for the Spurs twice, uh, for the what? Lakers, uh, for the San Antonio Missions. There was one that you you sent. You did something out at the. Uh, there's a video on YouTube. I gave the you, command to start engines with uh, Tommy uh, Tony Larusa. We were Tony Larusa. We were yeah. co grand marshals at Sonoma Raceway out in Sonoma, California. Uh, do you know how I can pull this video up? I'll pl- I'll put it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, if you look up. If you do a YouTube search of Toby Appleton, it should be in there somewhere, along with a bunch of other. <laughs> That's amazing, embarrassing I, stuff. I didn't know you could sing. Uh, some people still say I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he has. He also has a karaoke set up over there too. Really? And, you, and he's also balanced things, you know, like poker night and, and those kinds of things. You find that you are an extremely hard worker, Toby, but you also find that work life balance, which a lot of people that are extremely hard workers they don't they're not able to find that. In life, I like to play hard, and I learned a long time ago to play hard. You have to work hard. They they fund each other. The play hard takes the stress out of it. The work hard funds the playing hard. So, this isn't your. Did you you didn't play men's soccer? Did you, Toby? No, I did not. That's not your twenty five yard goal. There it is, right there. Yeah, Tony Larusa and Tony Appleton. I'm, I'm gonna. You try called to... me Tony again. Oh my! Did I really? That's what twice. is going on here? <laughs> it's like some Freudian slips going on. I have on never called here. it. That's why I always say the official. On what? I didn't call <laughs> oh. you Tony again, did I? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Did. That's okay. Oh, because Tony Larusa. I was looking at Tony Larusa. Yeah. All right, now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm gonna add a scene here, and I'm gonna see if I can uh, do a uh, window capture here of this so yeah there it is all right so i'm going to add this in here now you can watch this video this is uh toby and tony 
doing the uh and it, it, so the funny the funny story behind that I'm a huge Texas Rangers fan also and uh that was the year that uh Tony Larusa and had just beaten the Rangers in the World Series and so that's what we talked about behind the the wall before that he goes uh so you like baseball and I said yep he said I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a huge Cardinals fan. I was watching every single game. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I'm sorry too, Toby. I still have to apologize to people down here over that. That David Freeze home run and everything. Yeah. All right. Now, it was painful. The most famous words in motorsports. Yeah, that, uh, that was that was a fun Lomasa day right there. And Toyota's hometown hero. Here we are. Look at us. Toby Appleton. Gentlemen, start your yeah. All right. That was hey, can one. we can we use that during the morning show to kick off the morning mayhem on on uh, Mike FM, Toby? Sure, that'd be cool. As long as I don't call you Tony anymore, right? That's that's right. Yeah, the Tony and Tony show. I mean, that's so you've had some good. <laughs> I mean, some really cool things happen along the way in life. Uh, I've been in the right place at the right time, and and happened to meet the right people a few times in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. What's your passion? Is it more NASCAR? Is it singing? Is it something that nobody knows about? What makes you the happiest out of anything? People around me being happy. Providing that value, huh? So so there so talking about that O C D and overanalyzing and all that. So my wife and I love to to throw get togethers and gatherings at, at the house and um Michaela's been over and seen the the dead armadillo saloon. Yeah. <laughs> um the problem is is I'm not happy unless people are around me are having hap- are, are having a good time, which a lot of times turns into I really don't have fun at all because I'm working the whole time. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, striving to make and it, I don't really call it people pleasing. It's just it's what I do. You know, you're an organizer. But yeah. And I'm yeah. always looking. Do we need more chips out? How is, do we have enough beer is you know what I mean? I'm always. Yes. And that's not just at the Dead Armadillo Saloon. That goes all the way to these gigantic concerts happening at Shriner University <laughs> now, too. That's, you know? It's what makes me good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely. In a way, does having everything, you know, under control and organized, does that bring you peace? But see, there's never, it's never under control and organized. It's always. It's, in my mind, it's always chaos that I'm wrangling cats the entire time. Um, the most perfect laid plan has its flaws in my head. And I'm always trying to be one step away, one step ahead of the catastrophe. Um, so there's nothing that ever just flows perfectly smooth in my head. What now to the, to the casual observer, it looks like, man, they planned this out. Great. They thought of everything. This is wonderful. In my head, I'm looking at everything that could possibly go wrong and trying to stay ahead of it. So it's, it's, it's it's a circus up here. That's why you are where you are. <laughs> it's it's like you know? a carnival ride going on in my brain. I think it takes somebody like you to be in that position. That's never satisfied. That's always always going for that extra, you know, extra perfection step. It's it's why I was good um, working in surgery because I was always thinking two steps ahead of everything that was going and on. You have to. Yeah, it's why I was good with, yeah. with recruiting, which is just sales 101, because I'm always prepared for the objection or the comeback or the no. Mm, and, it's, no. and it's why I'm good at the at the marketing world, because I'm always thinking, how does this impact somebody? Um, yeah. We, uh, did I cut you off earlier? No. OK, 
Do you ever have anybody trying to steal you from Shriner? No. Because of your marketing skills? It it would it would take a lot to to steal me away from that school because that's that's where my heart's at. Um, I've said many times that uh, Dr. McCormick and Mark Tushak, um, I genuinely love those two human beings and would follow them to the ends of the earth. Um, Dr. McCormick's one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my life. Uh, genuinely charismatic. Uh, no agenda behind it. Just genuinely charismatic. Um, yeah, so I, I like where I'm at and I like what I do and I like who I do it for. You're passionate. How does that, how much does that matter? It has to matter. You, you, it, the, the, the money's never the most important. Now money's important. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Money is important. Yes. And, and anybody that tells you, oh, it's not about the money. No, it's about the money, mm-hmm. but it can't be the number one on top of the list because you'll never truly be passionate about that job because you're passionate about the money. Um, you have to love what you do as much as you love what you make. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and there's bad days. Don't get me wrong. There's days that I get up out of bed and don't want to go to work either, you know? Um, but the company, if that's what you want to call it, that I work for Shriner university, I believe in its mission. I believe in the people there. I believe in what we do. So it makes the job easy per se. What separates Shriner from any other universities around? I won't say from, from all of them, but, uh, it's the relationships. Um, the, the relationships built at that school between staff, between faculty, between students is, I mean, it's, it's irreplaceable. Um, being in a classroom with 10 other people, that professor gets to know you as a human, not just as I'm number two, six, one, three. Mm. Um, you know, I've sat in auditoriums that had 450 people at it at other schools. And that professor never knew me from Adam. I could have, I could have skipped the whole semester and that professor would have never known I wasn't there wow. until I didn't post a grade. Um, and here they care about, about not only you academically, but you as a person and how you succeed and they know what makes you tick. They know when you have a bad day and let's pull you off to the side, John, and make sure everything's okay at home or wow. with, with your personal life. You know, is, is everything okay right now? Because you're not performing the way you normally do. They know it's you huge. at that level and that, and for relational learning, you, you can't touch that. That, that is super important. So I couldn't think of anybody better to represent Shriner than somebody who started as a freshman, graduated with at, a 4.0. 40, 40 something years 40 old. So, isn't that awesome? Inspirational. It's never too late, you know? What if somebody's in their 40s and they're they're thinking about going to school? They, you know, maybe they have their high school diploma or even their GED or something and they're like, you know what? I, I, I think I finally want to go to school. I'm, I'm in my 40s or maybe in even their 50s. What, what do you have to say to somebody that's in that situation, Toby? Uh, you know, talking about the insecurities earlier, I've never been more insecure in my life as the first day that I stepped foot on campus. Wow. I, I had, there was so much doubt in my mind of, could I do it? Was I smart enough? Would I fit in? Um, and the, 
there were a couple professors that come to mind that in those first weeks of school that pulled me off to the side and said, you know what? You can do this, man. Stop getting in your own brain. You can do this. Uh, and given that reassurance, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't done algebra in probably 20, 25 years. <laughs> and here I am back in college algebra and it, it was all mystical to me. You know, you forget some of that stuff and I'm not a math, mathy kind of guy. Um, so yeah, that what I would tell, um, somebody or tell myself going back into that is, is everybody that steps foot on that campus, whether they're 17 or they're 40 something, um, are all feeling the exact same thing, just in a different perspective, you know? Uh, so just do it because it, that 17 year old is just as nervous about this new life experience as you are walking in, you know, as the old guy or, you know, the I grandpa like how you on said campus. that, but they're all, we're all feeling the same thing, but in a different perspective, you know, like, that's kind of like life too. It is. Yeah. It's like, you know, another example is like public speaking. Nobody yeah. really likes public speaking, but if you can harness that energy of the nervousness you know, you hear about rock bands that, you know, fill stadiums and they're still nervous before they take the curtain. James Hetfield. You have to uh, harness that that nervous energy and, and just make it great. Mm. You're going to make mistakes and yes. you're going to get nervous up there and fumble some words. And What, what but, do you think, you know, because you've had a successful career, uh, whether it's been in the Army or as the marketing and communications director at Shriner University. James Hetfield, the lead singer of Metallica, came out on stage had got a hug from the entire band. And and he, you know, this is James Hetfield. This is Metallica. Mm. I mean, this is one of the biggest rock bands, metal bands in the world ever, ever of all time, if not the biggest metal van, band. See, I'm doing, you know, Toby, Toby Tony. Tony. Van, band. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those days. Am I making you nervous? I think so. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. All right. So let's. Very uh, prominent. Let me uh, pull this up. Yeah, I like how you said that because. You, you pass people every single day and you don't know how much you have in common with somebody. And and the things that you're feeling, you, you compartmentalize into your own little world, but everybody's feeling the same thing. Yeah. Everybody has the same nerves. Everybody has the same insecurities. Everybody has the same, um, struggles with, with what they're, what they're going through. Yeah. And if, if you can just realize that for a minute and pull yourself out of the scenario, and say, you know, everybody's a little nervous right yes. now. Yes. Here it is. Throw those headphones on real quick, Toby. I like how you paused. I got to tell you, I wasn't feeling very good before I came out here. Feeling a little bit insecure, like I'm an old guy, can't play anymore, all this bull that I tell myself in my head. So I talked to these guys, and they helped me. As simple as that. They gave me a hug said hey if you're struggling on stage we got your back and i tell you it means the world to me wow you know so not getting quite that emotional about it but that's that's an exact um exact replay of my first days on campus uh i i literally walked on campus thinking man these these kids are going to run circles around me mm. i've i've lost my edge you know and that wasn't necessarily the fact, but 
insecurity sprinkled with a little OCD, mm. it made me outperform everybody around me by force. And a lot of people say, oh, GPA is not that important. You shouldn't. To me, it was. Uh, I had to prove to everybody around me that that I would be excellent at that. Uh, so, You took what you thought was your flaw at the time and used it and harnessed and, it and, yep. and took energy from that and just ran with it. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That is. Some would incredible. Say, some would say to an unhealthy stint, but it, so it you, works for me. So you, you, you go to Shriner University. It's your freshman year. On, on your priority list, uh, you made this number one. Yeah. and I mean, it was number one above. It had to be above everything to get a 4.0 GPA valedictorian. I mean, that's you have to put it number one above everything. And and those that knew me during the school time will uh, uh, know that there were some late nights at the bars, and because uh, I play hard just as much as I work hard, mm-hmm. so it, it's a weird it's a weird thing. And you were still able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. So in my valedictorian speech, I talked a lot about hope. Uh, it's on the the brick when you when you drive into Shriner University. It says "Enter with hope," and and there's. I mean, if you really stop and think about that for a minute, that's deep. Uh, when you leave, it says leave with achievement. And as I was putting together my valedictorian speech, I wanted to focus on that hope. Um, a lot of people. In, so if you take hope and, and use wish as a the same word, right? I wish I had as much money as he does. I wish I had a car like his. I wish I had a house like Right. I hope I can da 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 da. Um, what people don't realize is all of the work and effort that go between hope and achievement. And when you when you skip that, there's never achievement. So when I was in in the army, I had a first sergeant named uh, Bobby Zavala, still a great friend of mine. A uh, little name drop there for Bobby. Bobby, um, re- respect that man immensely. He asked me one day if I was going to be able to accomplish a, a task that he had given me. And just nonchalantly, I said, I hope so. And the world stopped. I mean, the record skipped. Door slammed. He said, uh, Sergeant Appleton, hope is not a course of action. You better come up with a plan. And I remember just pondering on that for, for days and years and even now. Um, you know, hope hope alone will ultimately result in failure period. But hope can provide you with a dream that dream gives you can turn into a plan and then the plan executes into an achievable goal. So basically hope is the beginning and end of the circle, but too many people just stay on the hope, right? The faith part of it. Um, I pray to God you get me out of this burning building. Well, there's the door. Get up and walk to the door. Yes. Right? We God's not going to come that. pluck you out of this burning room miracle and, and save you. Sometimes you the miracle is enabling you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Action. Uh, so that's where I was leaning on with the hope alone is nothing. Hope alone is, is ultimately failure. So looking at that front entrance of, of Shriner, I saw all of those red bricks that are between the two inscriptions and all of those bricks represent the late nights of homework, the studying, 
the the asking for help, the everything that you t- all the determination that it took to go from hope and turn that into a, a reality of achievement. And I, I tried to instill that on on my graduating class um, to to make them recognize that it's not just hope turns into achievement because that is not the fact. Uh, you look at anybody who's successful, there was a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, James Hetfield we talked about. Yeah. His guitar playing wasn't just magically bestowed upon him one morning. He worked hard at that uh, to be one of the greatest in the world. Not necessarily guitar playing, but band, you know. You Singing, know yeah, yeah, and, and um, business. There's a lot of business. that. that but all we, is very but smart all we see as a fan yeah. is the greatness. And man, I wish I could be that great. That statement alone isn't going to produce anything. Mm-hmm. You have to put the work in. Those red bricks. You have to have the bricks between them and everything that goes along with it to, to achieve a goal. So that, that stuck with me from young days in the Army when that first sergeant pulled me aside and said, hope is not a course of action. It, you can hope all day long and it's not going to make the grass grow. You have to put the work in to make it an achievable goal. Mm. Somebody that, you know, 21 year, year career in the army and then you're, you find yourself at Shriner university, uh, during that 21 year career in the army, you were the go-to person for a lot of things. You were the one that people went to when they needed to ask for help. Well, next thing you know, you're at Shriner University, and, and, and sometimes you, you just said that you had to ask for help, mm-hmm. which was one of those blocks or one of those bricks that you were talking about. How hard was it for you to ask for help? I mean, was there – because that's a big change from, from being the person that people ask for help to being the one that, that asks for help. And how did you overcome that? Um, a lot of putting pride aside, right? Because, uh, you know – grown man, have kids, have grandkids. And now I'm asking a, an 18 year old for help in algebra, you know, whatever. Uh, so there, there was pride and ego put aside mm. from being the, the one looked up to for the answers to now I don't have the answers. I have to ask someone, you know, this, this freshman in college just mastered algebra a year ago in, in high school, much more, prepared for this than I am. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot that I had to set aside. Um, it goes back to the insecurity thing. Uh, you, I overanalyzed it more than, than perhaps they did. They probably never thought anything about it. You know, yeah, I'll help you out with that. But in my mind, it was, it was, um, I won't say debilitating, but it was to the extent of, you know, I just, I just crushed my vision in this person's eyes of me because I don't know the answer. Yes. So it, it was a struggle that I went through and, um, in, in my professional life, you know, that that's been a, a struggle a lot. Um, ego. Well, not necessarily ego, just, um, people de- being dependent on me and, and needing to perform at a high level all the time. And to show a kink in the armor is, is it could be per, perceived as a weakness, mm. and 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 they're not I even see. perceiving it as a weakness. I am Is that because you're a perfectionist, right? Yeah. Uh, my 
my boss now, uh, Mark Tushak, that we talked about earlier, you know, he's constantly mentoring me on that of, you know what, you, sometimes you got to ask for help. You can't do it all by mm-hmm. yourself. Sometimes you got to ask for help and someone may have the better answer. Um, and you got to set that pride and ego aside to say, Hey, your idea is better than mine. Let's, let's go with yours. Not that I'm a, a hard ass to work for or anything, but, um, that is, that is definitely a weakness that I, you've, I carry you've in my been bag. successful with what you've done. So it, it does kind of make sense that, you know, there are times to where it would be a little tough to do that, you know? So, yeah. John, you got anything else? I was going to ask how big the marketing and communications department is. <laughs> it's tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> hey, it's, when you see a press release come out from Shrine University, that's I, Toby. I think, that has my I think fingerprints always, all yeah, over Toby it. Appleton, yeah. Uh, no, we're, we're a staff of three, including myself. Um, I have a graphic designer and a photographer, videographer. Um, so it, it's, you know, there is not a lot of glory with the position it's you're in the trenches um, well, i see y'all everywhere so y'all are doing a heck of a job i don't sleep <laughs> it's that perfectionist mentality no but yeah it's a small department we're very efficient um well, we work well together i like building good teams uh, if you can't trust those around you that plays a key role in it trust is yeah. everything um and and knock on wood but um, I've been successful in building good teams around me. Amen. And a leader is only as good as the the team that that he or she builds. So that's true. I learned today that between hope and achievement are a bunch of red bricks. You just gotta walk them. Yep. Lot, walk there's the a lot of stuff written on those bricks. You just can't see them until you actually put the work in to see it. Toby, you got anything else you want to say before we jump off this podcast? No, I appreciate y'all having me and uh, hopefully do it again. It was an well, honor and a privilege. So grateful yeah. to have you on today, man. Absolutely. Really, and thank, thank you. you so much thank for you. making the time for us today. Uh, number 70, episode number 70 of the Curville Podcast. John, you got anything else? No. Uh, any final thoughts or anything before I, we jump I've off? I've just or? been so excited to have you yeah. on, Mr. Appleton. Really. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate it. I, when I first met you out in the hallway, I was like, wow, what an honor. And, and to have you on the Curville Podcast is truly an honor. Really. Like I said, happy to be here, and, and hopefully I can do it again sometime. Maybe 140, I can come back. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> sounds good. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump off here. That is uh, episode number 70. You can get it on the Curvo Podcast, not the Curvo Podcast, but CurvoPodcast.com. It's the Curvo Podcast on the Apple apps, uh, on the Apple Podcast Store, whatever the hell you, you call it. Tony, <laughs> Michaela's worse well, today. Good to we be with you, Joe. Hey, I'm tired. It's, we are yeah. on YouTube. So my wife we is are everywhere. We're on, yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify. My wife, she's been on this thing where she, uh, you know, she's been working nights. So she stays up all night and watches this show called Disappeared on the ID channel. So I have all these weird dreams of people disappearing. And it's cranked up to like level 700 or something. So I've been, yeah, fighting that at night, trying to sleep. So I got to figure that out. But uh, yeah, anyway. Now your uh, memories well, disappeared. Yeah, e- thanks for bearing with me today. We've known each <laughs> yeah. other for like six years and you're calling me the wrong name. <laughs> hey, you know, it's one of those days. So uh, anyway, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, also on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, CurvilPodcast.com. We will be back with episode number 71 on Thursday.